Hello friends, this is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Nah. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks and enjoy the episode. And welcome to this special episode of Emo Dad. My name is Matt. My name is James. And we are delighted to be joined today by Ollie, Paul and Lewis from the amazing band Meet Me in St. Louis, who were kicking around in the mid to late noughties um, and started their time in Guildford, where myself and James are from. And they played some truly unique music, which can only be described as schizophrenic, time changes, blast beats, guitar riffs, catchy vocals. Sounds like a recipe for disaster, but it was absolutely incredible. And they very quickly had a truly amazing and loyal following around the UK, inspiring many, many bands of a similar genre. So this is our chat with Ollie, Paul and Lewis. Lots of stories about touring, writing albums and much more. Hope you enjoy. Um, so because our podcast is called Emo Dad, we just do have to get one very quick thing out of the way. Um, Ollie, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. Talk to <laughs> me very quickly about Hey Dougie. Um, yeah, that's... Uh... When I started sort of trying to move more into like um, composition and songwriting stuff, that was my first commissioned music for the theme tune to Hey Dougie, which nice. is a banging preschool cartoon, if you haven't heard of it. It is really sick. <laughs> like, I think, all of I my think... friends that have kids proper love Hey Dougie, and I always feel so proud. I'm like, Oh, like one of my good friends wrote the thing to you. <laughs> but hey, Dougie. <laughs> it it is the best cartoon. It, I, yeah, I think it's really great. And it's really, it's really nice that sort of old friends get in touch and say nice things about it. Um, it's kind of funny because when uh, we, well, I play in Sex Swing, is one of the bands I'm in at the moment. And we played uh, a festival in Liverpool, and uh, it was a good show. It was loads of fun. And uh, but afterwards, like the only people that would come and say hello were wanted to talk about because wanted to talk about Hey Dougie because Jace from the band had told everyone that like <laughs> I'd done. So that's like that's very really, funny. Yeah, it's my greatest work to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did the juxtaposition of what sex swing is like, and then the theme <laughs> tune from Hey Dougie. But it's just, it's so like genre defying, you know. Even big fans of pure noise rock love <laughs> Hey Dougie and the theme tune from Hey Dougie. Exactly, yeah. 
Adversely, there's probably a whole group of young children out there that have a secret penchant for sex swing. I can try to sort of weave it subliminally into the music. I've had to listen to that song for maybe seven years now, and I'm not bored of it. So you've done well. You've done very well. <laughs> that's uh, that's good to know. Yeah, I'd hate right. to think I was driving people nuts. <laughs> we'll move on from that. So okay. what we so what we'd like to do, he says, uh, reading from uh, Matt's very very comprehensively composed notes. So bravo, Matt. Definitely doing the heavy lifting this week. Mm-hmm. Um, what we thought we'd do for everybody who's listening to the to the podcast is start right at the beginning. So we'd love to know from you guys, kind of like how you all met, what 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 that was like. You guys to go uh, first. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose like Toby, Toby and I had been in a bunch of bands um, and played sort of around the local scene, and so had Ollie. And uh, but Ollie was sort of his scene was a little bit different to our to our scene. They were a little bit separate. And then but uh, Toby and I ended up in a ba- in the band together, starting St Louis. And then we just sort of were looking for other people, and that's when Ollie got involved. I think. Oh no, Ben Ben got involved as well. Before. Yeah, Ben was in before. You. Uh... Yeah, you Weren't you and Ben in a band together as well, Paul? Yeah, well, yeah, we were in, we were in a band together before. Um, Shumak Alevi. Yeah, Shumak. Uh, yeah. Well, we've been in a couple of bands, actually. You sort of lose track after a while, don't you? But like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so whereabouts in the world was this? Guildford. Detail. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that uh, the melting pot of like creative juices that is Guildford. <laughs> well, you say that. I think we're all. Um, I, I'm Guildford. not even taking the piss. Actually, no, I'm I know, right? The piss. Like so much music. Like, well, I'm not going to say like great music, but like a lot of good music has come out of Guildford, like for sure. Do you do you think there's anything? particular about the area that allows that to happen or did during that time period because one of the things that we've been talking about a lot in our podcast is how local scenes used to be a thing and Mm -hmm. how local scenes may have a specific sound whereas now with the internet it feels more global with people taking influences from places I don't know if you guys would agree about that yeah definitely I think like the ability that people have now to, you know, have a scene that's spread across like continents because they can just transfer music across the internet. Obviously it has completely changed things, you know, like to be fair, I did join Meet Me Instant Lewis via the internet. So <laughs> back in 2005, I guess, was it? 2005. Wow. Was that MSN um, Messenger? Well, it was from, so like, okay. I'm going to give the whole like backstory of how I came to find out that Meet Me St. Louis existed and then joined Meet Me St. Louis. Do is it. that at like, um, so when I was in like sixth form college, um, I like put up a band at my house that had played in Croydon where I'm from and where I actually still live now. Um, 
like a band from Leeds called Tesswitch Isolator. I don't know if anyone remembers this band, but they were actually a really great band, like a grind band, but with like really hilarious kind of jazz breakdowny, like fun kind of bits as well. They were great. Um, but yeah, they stayed at my house one night and obviously we just like chatted and whatever. And then one of them posted on their MySpace that they discovered this band, Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, somehow, I don't know where they found Meet Me in St. Louis on MySpace, but on Meet Me in St. Louis's MySpace profile, they said they needed a bassist. And I was a bassist and was like, this is really cool. Like, to be honest, at the time, I didn't even really listen to that much stuff that sounded like the first three Meet Me in St. Louis songs, do you know what I mean? Like, that were on that demo. Um, but yeah, it was just like, super cool and like i've really enjoyed learning the songs because i had to count like which is not something i'd really been doing much in other stuff that i'd like played you know like so i was just like yeah this is really fun and cool so like i just emailed them or like messaged them on myspace one of the two being like can i come and try out on base <laughs> and they said yes and uh so i did i went and tried out a couple of times i feel like i should let one of the other guys talk more now <laughs> Um, yeah. Lewis really stood out because, like, I think everyone we'd tried out up until that point had just been nowhere even close to sort of fitting in or working in any kind of way on a personality level or on a musical sort of taste level. So when Lewis came along and he was just like, it took him two seconds. I think he was the first bassist who actually had managed to learn the songs properly as well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that makes me feel quite good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it, man. But there was a, there was a big age gap. Like, there's ten years between me and Lewis. So. Yeah, we didn't like, know that uh, at the time, though, yeah. didn't we? We didn't know till. <laughs> it was when you asked me to join that I told I told you. Like, <laughs> I came down for a second rehearsal, which was great, and I think we even started writing something that would end up being on the on the EP. Um, and then, like, you guys were like, yeah, you know, do you want to join? Like, we really like you, do you want to join? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then it was like, cool, let's go to the pub. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably tell you guys, I'm only 17. <laughs> 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 and you were like, oh. <laughs> it was too late by then. You couldn't just, like, just retract <laughs> what you just said. So, so what did you uh, have to wait outside? <laughs> No, oh, no, that was back in the day when you could go to the pub. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> so your band, your music was so unique. Um, uh, and was this something that you discussed as a band when you first kind of got together or was it something that happened naturally? Um, I, well, when I, when I, when Paul asked me to join, um, initially it was just going to be playing bass, I think. Then... Um, but yeah, then ended up doing like trying out with guitar. But he, Paul came around. I remember Paul came around to mine with like a stack of CDs of just like stuff that you know that he was thinking about, like that they were thinking about when approaching the the, the music. But um, a lot of it was new to me, so it was kind of you know to me like all of that was unique sounding already so what was in that pack of cds i really yeah. want to know can you remember oh, it was it was gold i still listen to like all of those records pretty much it was like minus the bear yeah. um there was uh 
a mix with like Ed Fitzgerald on there and that track yeah. Horses. I think, yeah, you made a mixed CD of stuff as well. Um, but then there was some like Converge and uh, Wales Farrakhet, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Era of 100 Fight. I think maybe Cancer Conspiracy. Uh, yeah, Cancer Conspiracy, uh, definitely. I'd completely forgotten about a hero of a hundred fights. Oh, what a great band. <laughs> <laughs> so these, these, these were all obviously influences on you, yeah? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Paul, Paul would introduce me to so much new music as well. Like, you know, I was a kid when I joined um, and I was listening to some like, I was listening to like Converge and Dillinger Escape Plan and some like more technical like hardcore bands and kind of heavier stuff. But yeah, loads of like math rock bands and like, you know, yeah, like math rock and all the bands on like Discord and like just, yeah, kind of like Midwest emo shit that I like maybe hadn't come across yet. Like a, a lot of that stuff I first heard when I joined Meet Me St. Louis was a huge influence on me, you know? So as I said, we can we can play music on this podcast. So I think it'd be fun just to play maybe one or two songs if you can pick go down to a song um, that influenced the band. Farrakhet cut self knot. Oh yeah. Farrakhet, so it is. Um, we have got they've got I guess this would be the album from two thousand, which is called The View from This Tower. That's Wicked. All right. Well, um, we will we will definitely throw that in for people's listening pleasure. Okay. Oh. So this is Farrakhet. <laughs> we enjoyed does that. that. Bring back some memories. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent acting, people. I enjoyed that very much. Um, so at so at this stage, I guess we've covered to the point where you guys are kind of now got that line up so are you playing gigs at this point are you recording what's going on how how long was it that we played the first show after we, i joined when, when was like that? Six you, you'd already played a show hadn't you you'd played we a show did, though already we did the show at the star without you that was when toby it was just instrumental mm, and toby yeah. was playing bass and that was with a Canadian band called The Marble Index. Oh, that name actually brings the bell, weirdly. Did, but did, were they just around at that time? They were, um, they were connected to um, Alex, Alexis on Fire in some weird way, I seem to remember. Yeah, they, they oh, came up okay. afterwards and said that they were, they were like, you're a, yeah. I can't remember the exact words, but they were like, we're friends with them and we should all do shows. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll call. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting for that phone call, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. Although Ollie's not in the band <laughs> anymore, so he won't get to do it. <laughs> okay, so that was your first show. And then did you did you start touring or did you do that EP next? Uh, no, we played a bunch of shows before the EP. Um, yeah, we, the, after you joined that you had your first show there was about six weeks between you joining and the first show that you played and the first show was in Folkestone with Jerus. yeah I remember oh, Lanterns yeah yeah and that's when we got asked to go on tour to Eastern Europe right like at that show 
Wow. So like, we don't like one show with Lewis, and we were like making plans with Jerris to go to Eastern Europe, and then that's when we met Kev from BSM, and that's why we ended up, you know, signing to that label. Also, record out. So Kev, if I uh, my the internet tells me rightly, he saw you guys. Was it in like Lithuania or something? Of all places. Yeah. He came on that whole tour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think we'd recorded yeah, was... the EP already at that point. Um, yeah, because we did it with, it was like from kind of knowing Jerris and that, right, that we got hooked up with Oz Craggs to do it, right? Yeah. We stayed at James's house. Like, we stayed at James from Jerris's house. I feel yeah. like we must have done that tour before because we were like, kind of close to them, you know? Yeah, but it had already been agreed to... Go out on fiction, on um, friction, fiction, Fun friction, fiction. not fiction. <laughs> no, no, because I remember. Oh, yeah, I um, know yeah, that we'd already agreed to put the EP out on function. Function, that's the one. Function, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what the timeline is like for when we recorded to when we went on that tour of Eastern Europe. Was that the first tour that we did as well? Yeah, first. Yeah. It was September two thousand and five. I think. Because I found the flyer oh. the other. Um, it, it was because the second one was the one with Fall of Boss Koala. Oh yeah, that was also of... really fun. <laughs> oh, I miss those guys. I wonder how they're doing. <laughs> I think Owen's still putting on shows in Dundee. Yeah, I mean Owen's like always doing good music as well. He's he's, he's had a few like cool projects over the years. Yeah. So what was it like in Eastern Europe? Hmm. It was it was uh, it was so good, but like in a lot of wrong ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's only yeah, good like, if you've like literally never been on tour before, and you're just excited <laughs> to be like go on tour. <laughs> oh gosh, like that's yeah. such a good way to sum it up. <laughs> Pretty bonkers. Like we <laughs> got like because it was us, Jairus, and Second Smile, Kev, and. The imposter. Tom, the imposter. <laughs> um, who was a, a friend of Kev's who like tagged along. Um, he got the nickname the imposter. And basically we, we got to Riga, which was sort of like the hub, the like I guess like it was where the guy who booked the tour was from. Um he just like we we just went to his office and we had to stay in his office, but because a couple of the shows had been cancelled, we just had to stay in this office with like no furniture. It had like a sink and uh, office. a sink and a toilet, concrete uh, room. Yeah, <laughs> with like with a bunch of guys who were just like, well, you know, in their early early mid twenties. Yeah, and you know, Lewis, <laughs> the teenager. Did it say police station over the uh, door? <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre, but we were just like. We were like, oh my god, beer's so cheap, and let's just drink it all. And that was that for until we had to go and play a show. Like the yeah, the, I mean the kind of scariest part about that too, really, was when we were actually like properly on the road, and obviously um, the driver a only spoke um, Latvian and we were going to like four or five different countries <laughs> he didn't speak the language and none of us spoke the language so 
yeah, we just like got lost. I think we missed like two or three shows, right? Because we just got super lost. We couldn't really communicate with our driver properly. He didn't know where we were going. So like, yeah, it was a bit like, there are a few points where it's like, shit, like we are just somewhere on the road in Eastern Europe. Like nobody knows where we are. Amazing. <laughs> but, um, you know, it all came all right. Like it came good in, in the end. <laughs> but yeah. That we got to stay in a hotel because we got lost, though. That was a good thing because we couldn't find where we were going. It was like the one time that we got to stay somewhere like really nice. Well, it was just like a normal hotel, but like <laughs> everywhere else was. Just... I don't even remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I remember weird stuff. Oh, was it that really? Was it that really big building? that had like loads of floors and loads of rooms and we and the, the guy was like you'll need to be really really quiet cuz like my my mum will get angry and then his his mum came in and told us off a couple of times but they just wanted to drink vodka like oh, God, that was in that crazy like was not that got in sent the, to bed early it was like in the proper <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I think that was in Poland right and we were just kind of we we played a show somewhere and it was just someone's house it was like in the countryside and it was just like a big kind of like farmhousey kind of vibe but just like in the middle of nowhere and it was yeah. Yeah, literally like passing around vodka and water like you know we had a bottle of vodka and a bottle of water <laughs> just pass around the circle <laughs> oh. sounds like absolute carnage um so then you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then your your ep um it got people really excited. Um, so, what was the, what was the, the kind of feeling in the band when the when the EP had come out and you know people were coming to the shows to see you guys? Um, that was that was probably peak, I think, wasn't it? The EP launch at at, at Westy. That was such a lovely like night that was a really yeah that was a really cool I remember that show sold out wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. we made party bags mm. <laughs> what yeah, was did. in the party bag <laughs> uh, no. I think like parties right? wasn't there balloons did we get Meet Me in St. Louis balloons made uh, yeah, yeah well we made them we made the bags and <laughs> the balloons we got like stickers and some other shit some sweets uh, yeah sweets like, just, you know, fun stuff. Yeah, proper, like, party bags. <laughs> yeah. They were really cute. <clears throat> um, I think, yeah, that was actually probably sort of... Um, I guess a lot of those shows around, like, Surrey, Hampshire, even, like, Reading. Like, did Maz... Ma what was Maz's, like, all-day of things in Reading? Rapture Fest. Rapture Fest, yeah. Was that in Reading? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in Reading. But like there was a lot of kind of um there was like a scene, right? There was a proper scene at that time. And I guess like that was that was probably where we felt like most kind of like popular was like in that scene, right? But that was when all that was kind of all of the like really I don't know, there's a lot of shows that were like well attended and people were like knew all the words and stuff, you know what I mean? Like that was kind of I guess where we got all the like best reactions to the band yeah. like in those kind of those areas you know it was kind of, I think it was kind of going towards that way when we'd like the more time we spent up north because I mean don't, don't get me wrong some of those shows in Leeds were really like fantastic 
But then I just also feel like that's just because they were such a good, they had such a good scene, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that, like we were kind of going to somewhere that just had such a well-established scene because they had just, you know, like um, Dirty Otter. And I think Dirty Otter still kind of exists. I don't know, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Like, they're still putting on shows, yeah. like, or hopefully they still will be like after the pandemic but do you know what I mean like they have consistently just put on amazing kind of like alternative like music stuff like and they just always have like had such a good scene there and I actually feel like they're kind of responsible right for that for sure like, man they've made, they've made the scene yeah it was one of the it was it, there, there's base there's a few sort of pockets up and down the UK where the every now and again you'd sort of through just playing lots and lots of shows, you'd stumble onto a, a pocket, a little scene, and you'd sort of, if you could tap into that scene, then it's, it, you know, those those would always be good shows. But mm. then you'd have to play four or five shows. <laughs> There's just no yeah, one there. But that's cool, though. <laughs> so, so with these with these scenes, or the scene that you were in, are there any bands that you were, you were kind of looking up to or felt were contemporaries or or you were playing with and they got success and you thought oh you know if only we can do what i don't know block party are doing or whoever um particularly i think you know not that we didn't want to get somewhere and 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 you know uh sort of do well but i don't think we've had any one band that we considered a a, a band sort of to look up to we probably felt more that way about sort of bands overseas more than anything i guess but for me anyway i don't want to i don't want to speak for you now, so. yeah yeah i think well there wasn't really um like i guess a lot of the bands the other kind of more local bands to like surrey and hampshire from that kind of scene were all quite alternative as well do you know what i mean like there are a lot of my like I guess a lot of my favorite bands that we saw as contemporaries were like kind of like heavier than us or like more noisy or like, do you know what I mean? Like Mean Mean St. Louis was very melodic, um, like a lot more melodic than a lot of bands. I think that we all loved that we played with a lot. Do you know what I think, is that fair to say, guys? Do you think? Yeah, like, we, got, we got put on a lot of hardcore bills, didn't we? Yeah, but like, I mean, and just even, oh, I'm thinking really? like, really, I'm thinking of bands like Optimus Club, you know, like those oh, are my favorite oh, yeah. kind of bands to play with. You know what I'm saying? Like, we used to play with loads of noisy bands, and I would say that they were probably like the bands that we loved to play with the most. Like we, I guess, like I mean, personally, even though I did listen to a lot of like super melodic stuff and like like a lot of like emo and screamo and like some kind of like more melodic metal stuff. Like whenever we got put on proper like straight like hardcore bills or bills of like kind of yeah more melodic like screamy bands or whatever like I, it just wasn't cool for us it just it wasn't right for us but whereas we could play with like noisy bands and i think it works way better you know yeah yeah the, the sort of the, the fans of, of of noise and experimental music seem to get what we were doing far more than the sort of the kids in the in the metal or tech metal shows and stuff like that even though probably what we were doing was musically closer to metal yeah. and on a technical level, but uh, we just seem to not really fit in anywhere particularly. So we just sort of bounce around between playing shows with noise bands to playing shows with post rock bands to playing shows with metal bands. And 
you know, I think Lewis is right. I think sort of the, 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 the shows we felt the most at home at were the more experimental bills, the noise bills. Playing places like the Wheat Sheaf in Oxford for vacuous yeah. pop. Yeah, yeah. 80. Oh, what a legend. Yeah. Do you think that went against you guys? The fact you didn't necessarily fit in like a, obviously fit mm-hmm. into a, a genre of music? Definitely hindered our progression and people sort of, it took people, I, I, I think it took a while for people to really catch on and get what we were doing. It was, yeah, yeah it, was, it was like, it was definitely like a few people that kind of were like, okay, yeah, I know what to do with those guys. And it was like Silver Rocket Nights as well, like Rachel, who did those. Yeah, Rachel yeah. Was and then she well. put with like Charlotte Field. Yeah, she put like, with great bands. Those kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, and they were kind of sort of, noisy and heavy but like not like uh not hardcore bands basically but yeah i think there was actually as well like a lot more <clears throat> that kind of experimental scene in its ethics was way more punk rock you know there was a much more kind of like punk diy kind of vibe in that in those scenes and we were much more a part of that do you know what i'm saying like we i guess a lot of hardcore bands and a lot of even more like tech metal bands and stuff like that I don't know like they were kind of going a different way do you know what I'm saying like it wasn't like there wasn't such a there, there wasn't su- like well the vibe that I got as, like, was that there wasn't such a kind of like you know we're like just doing this like our way and like everyone you know was like just kind of like doing all of their own press and like making zines and all that kind of stuff it was much more of that kind of thing happening in this kind of scene that we were a part of that maybe wasn't in those other ones, or at least not in the ones that we were kind of coming into contact with. Do you know what I mean? Were there were there any shows that really stand out where you really, really didn't fit in, which spring to mind? <laughs> there are a lot of those. There was, yeah, many. Oh. <laughs> one that comes to mind, which I was just thinking of, is when we played the one in, was it the one in 12, two in 12 in Bradford? What was Ooh. that place called? But I, know, I was quite like we'd heard that Refuse had played there, and I think maybe that made me excited for some reason. It was with Boss Koala, wasn't it? And it was quite fun because we, we, you know, we double stacked our cabinets and <laughs> double stacked it's stupid and pointless, but it was hilarious. And it was where was that? Like, what was that like that night? Like, what was the venue like? It was like the main, the headlining band was like this proper like poppy emo but like you know leather vests and like leather gloves and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, massive like i can't believe you remember this stuff <laughs> i remember because the, before they went on this is you know the kind of guy that like kept on crossing his heart when he's singing like with his hand but yeah, I that's, jeff, there was... that's jeff from thursday's fault that is. <laughs> all right well there's a there was a covers band on before and i was feeling a bit shit so i was just sat in my car and I could hear them, and they were doing a cover of Territorial Pissings by Nirvana, which has three chords, right? And one of the chords they were playing was wrong. And I just remember sitting in my car fucking fuming because this band was covering a, a song with three chords, and they couldn't even get the third chord. <laughs> that's so, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's, uh, that was a bill that, we, that, I, that sticks in my memory. But... Brilliant. Um, I can that's... think of one... Oh, sorry, go on. What are you going to say, Paul? No, 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 you go ahead, man. I was going to say, like, I can remember one in um, St. Albans where we played with, like, proper, like, uh, they were, like, you know, those kind of, like, 
I'm going to say like metalcore bands in inverted commas, but you know, it was kind of like some of it is like really like majory chords with someone singing very like nasal American vocals over the top. And then it's just some bits that have like, you know, got double pedal and someone's screaming, you know what I mean? Like, and they're all, they've all got like the, you know, they've all got the hair and like super tight jeans and like, like super tight clothes. Like, yeah, we played the show at St. Albans with like bands like that. <laughs> I just remember being like, oh yeah, this is definitely not right for us. <laughs> Whenever we get on a bill with a band that sounded like Bring Me the Horizon, it, we'd always go down like a shit sandwich. Like they, we'd come on stage and they'd be expecting some beatdowns and <laughs> <laughs> just like there is literally not even one part of the song that you can like just bang your head like to like a beatdown. You know. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So let's should we play a song from the EP before we move on to chatting about the album? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what? your favourite? <laughs> oh, you gonna get? Do I get to choose this one? Yeah, go on. Yeah, why not? Go on then. I mean, it's got to be "Why Thank You, Susie." I think. Sure, I and mean, like that's actually like one of the earliest meetings and listeners as well, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think that was the third song we. Yeah. Campaign was the first, wasn't it? Yeah. Then Corey. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the first uh, song that I heard from you guys. Uh, one of our mutual friends playing it to me, and I'm not going to lie, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, so, yes, this is Why Thank You, Susie. I'm not going to say the whole EP title. From the EP. <laughs> What year are we at now? 2005, 2006? <clears throat> yeah, so did the EP come out in 2006? Is that right? I think so, yeah. So with 2006, you've got the EP out. How, what happens next? Where does the album come from? Basically oh. just decided that um, next logical step after an EP is to release the full length. We, we'd learned that from releasing an EP that it's hard to get press on boards and involved with, with sort of a shorter release. If you, if you release a, a full length album, you, you know, it's, it's just easier to get articles and stuff and reviews. So we were like, right, let's release a record then. And then we all, most of us, if not all of us, I can't remember who was doing what at the time, but we all had like full-time jobs and stuff. Um, and so we were playing shows in the evenings um, all over the country and then working our day jobs. And then on the nights that we weren't playing shows, we'd have rehearsals and write the records. And we pretty much did that over a course of about a year. And yeah, that's how I remember it anyway. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. We were pretty like busy <laughs> and we didn't really give ourselves a lot of time off definitely not i remember when we weren't touring we would like practice three three times a week like i'm pretty sure yeah which is actually when i think now like i've never ever been in another band or musical project that's been anywhere near that dedicated like you know yeah. what i'm saying but at the time it just seems it was like, well, yeah, to be fair, if we're not practicing that much, how the fuck are we ever going to write these songs? 
So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to hold my hand up. I'm no musician, but I'm going to guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the music of that band wasn't the easiest to play. So you probably needed to practice quite a lot. Mm. I definitely yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote stuff that I couldn't play yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how loads of the guitarists started off like half the speed and then they just gradually got faster and faster. Yeah. <laughs> you'd like play, you'd like write something and it'd be like kind of slow and then it'd be like, right, <laughs> let's just speed that up, shit loads. <laughs> but then, <laughs> something the first time we'd wrote, written it and then like six months later, like we'd, we'd be playing the song and we'd be like, like, I'm sure this used to be a lot slower and we'd listen to like, the original demo and we'd somehow gone from like, playing it really slow to playing it 100 miles an hour. I think that's my fault. I, I would get overexcited and I would just spit up but, all the time. You were yeah. always funny because there'd be a bit that we'd write and we were like, oh yeah, we should do this. And you were like, no, 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 there's no way I can do that. There's no way I'm doing that. There's no way. And as you were saying that, you'd be sort of like thinking it through. And then be like, no, no, no. And then after about like three goes, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, 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 you've got it. And then that would be it. I think, I think, I think we all, we all did that. We all, we all wrote like parts for ourselves, like you're saying, Ollie, um, that, that were slightly beyond our, our grasp um, at that point in time, knowing mm. full well if it was part of the song, we'd end up playing it so much that we'd eventually be able to do it. And we just sort of, yeah. we progressed a lot as musicians in that band. I certainly did. Like, I, I probably progressed more as a musician in the three, three and a half years we were a band than I did in the sort of 12 years prior to that playing in band. Yeah, it's been downhill since then, basically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the same. I wish I was <laughs> as a musician as I was then now. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so you got, um, you, got, you got Alex Newport involved for the album. How did that come about? Just emailed him, innit? <laughs> oh, easy. <laughs> yeah. I think, didn't, oh, didn't you just have, like, a list of producers that you thought were, like, a good idea, so you just emailed them all? <laughs> well, I did, like, blanket blanky email, but I did have a list where I was, I was, I was thinking, like, right, all, I really like all these records that these various producers have done, like the way these records sound, I think it would fit well with our, with our sounds. So I started contacting them and Alex was the second producer I contacted. Um, first one, I, did, I can't remember who it was, but I, I didn't hear anything back. And I think I emailed him and Alex on the same day. And I, I honestly, it was like, you know, I wasn't expecting anybody to get back to me. Um, and then Alex got back to me and I was like, holy shit, that's mad. Um, and we all got very excited and um, were sort of planning to go out to LA to record with him. And then he was like, no, 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 it's better if I come to you guys, it'll be cheaper. So flew him over here and he stayed at my house for two weeks, slept in, he, he got to have my bed and I slept on the couch and we drove into London each day. Um, yeah. It was cool, man. It was so fucking cool that he was up to doing that. Like when you, Think, just think about that like you know he's a proper pro you know <laughs> like producer he like for him just to be like yeah yeah i'll just fly over like just crash at your house 
and like you know like work my ass off to just like get this done in a short amount of time like probably yeah. for less money than he usually takes for people as well like it's kind of mad like the face that he put in us to do that like yeah he was he was he was a real good sport about it he was just it's, he's mm. just one of the that's like he he's he's in it because he loves it not to make a buck really so i think for him he just he just dug the uh the music and was like yeah i want to make i want to make that record so how can we how can we do this um and yeah he was he wanted more money originally and stuff wanted to be put up in a hotel so i kind of had to say well how's like staying at my house instead (laughs) (laughs) he was quite cool about it wasn't he because he was kind of because he's from birmingham uh so I think he was kind of like, okay, well, I can come and see my folks and stuff, and uh, yeah. And I think the most of the rate was the studio rather than his, you know, his rate. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Because we, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, because we obviously had to get like a decent studio, isn't it, to like so he could actually work properly. Do you know what I mean, we couldn't just do it in our mate's studio, like. <laughs> He had like a list of requirements, so we basically kind of had to find a studio. I'm not sure if he suggested it or, or or not, but like he was. I remember we were like, "Oh yeah, this one, this one will work." And it, was, it, it was cool because it was because Dino, like we knew the engineer, right? So the guy that actually engineered on um, Variations on Swing was a friend of ours already. I don't know if that was just completely serendipitous or if that we planned that. Yeah, no, it was it was just it was just random. I think. Or, or Dino said, oh, well, if you record there, then I'll, I'll be able to engineer it for you or something. I can't remember, actually. I think you just worked quite. there. Because yeah. like, as far as I remember, it was just like one of the places that had the type of like, desk that Alex wanted to use. Yeah. But, yeah. And he, he loved Benny, didn't he? He was like fascinated by Ben. Who doesn't love Benny? Yeah, yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like really like oh. the Enigma. Well, that's when Benny got the nickname the Enigma, isn't it? Yeah. from Alex Newport. <laughs> <laughs> he found him really um, mysterious, didn't he? Thought thought there's something mystical about Ben. <laughs> I, I, but maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's play a, a song off uh, Variations on Swing. What do you want to go for? I don't know. They're all, you know, they've all got their own, <laughs> their own thing going on. <sighs> as who's not in the band, as someone that's not in the band, you know, what do you think is like the best representation of Meet Me and Lewis from the album? Go on, James. You can choose one. I don't know. I think. I think. Should we just go with the what's the top song on Spotify? What is just for the hell of it? Yeah, all right, all right. This is a good game. So, a big part of our podcast is guessing facts and things from Spotify. Okay. Um, Because Spotify gives you facts and figures about listening and what's the top song and all the rest of it. And like most people, most people don't bother looking into it. It's always good fun to like look at stats and see what you think or what you think or don't think is popular and isn't popular. Which song do you guys, I mean, some of you guys might know, but which song do you think is the most popular song on Spotify? It's probably just um, like, tor- uh, like Torso, right? Because that's the first song yeah. on the record. <laughs> or that's, usually how, that's usually how it works, man. Huh? Uh, and a John, that's, maybe? 
uh, so yes, it is. It's, it's energon. All we need is a little energon. Oh, okay. I guess that one's got a music video, right? So maybe that's why. Yeah. It was a single. Oh, it was a okay. single. Okay. It was, do you, yeah, because it, it was on MTV that one time. Do you remember? <gasps> was it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That means so I've what... been on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So why don't we play the song for everyone and then maybe we can talk about making a music video. Uh-huh. Cool. Okay. <laughs> So we're now going to play, and I'm going to get the full title. All we need is a little energon and a lot of luck. Right. So, making a music video. Talk us through that. That was the second music video that Meet Me and Sun Lewis made. Yeah. Because there was one for Why Thank You, Susie, as well, from the EP. There was. And that was fun to make, that one. The first one was way more fun, yeah. Why Thank You Susie video was a lot of fun. That's because it was just a party that we essentially... Yeah. <laughs> it was just a squat. Like We just went into our friend's squat and just got a load of our mates and just had a party, basically. It was great. It was really Both done by sitcom soldiers who, mm. uh, time, Ben was just sort of doing it out of his bedroom, but he's he's grown into like quite a big business now. Yeah, they he? do a lot of bigger stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah, great do really good stuff now it's funny how like back then like people that we would get involved with that were just like kids doing their own little business working out of their bedroom and that and like sort of years later now like when you see how they're doing they've taken these little diy things that they were doing back then and they've turned them into huge businesses places like awesome merch and yeah uh, awesome merch is a great example of someone that's just looking like taking over the world yeah yeah, yeah but, but, but Lucas got a legend as well though so you know couldn't be a lovelier person doing it like actually has such a good business model and looks after their employees properly and stuff as well it's great it's actually really great company to work for anyone listening <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's the great thing about that that DIY scene at that time as I remember it is it's just you were just all mates and you were giving each other a shot right it was like do you yeah, have a yeah. computer? Can you use fonts? Wicked. You can design the cover. Let's move on. That was my, that was my memory of it. For real. I mean, sitcom soldiers were still like, well, actually, I, don't, I guess that that's the thing. The difference between that first video that we did where they, you know, came down to London uh, with cameras and we like filmed it in our friend's place. And then the, the second video for um, Energon, when we like drove to wherever they're from, which is somewhere up north, like Bradford. Is it? Oh, it was Bolton, yeah. I thought. Well, it's oh, near Bolton, Manchester. maybe. Bolton, yeah, maybe Bolton. Someone, yeah, that's the thing I said. Same thing. Yeah, maybe Bolton. Oh, we can't say that. That's really bad. I'm sorry <laughs> that I can't remember. Um, but yeah, we drove to like where they're based and they had like a proper studio, you know. I mean, I guess maybe they'd hired like the studio space, but you know, so they could set up like a bunch of stuff. Like we set up all these, we got loads of like lamps, you know, and stuff and like set them all up like in a circle. Um, and also they held like had all lights and everything. So it was a bit more of a like, you know, we've gone to a studio and we're like filming a video, like sort of like yeah, so you just have to kind of do the same thing over and over again. Like it was a bit more yeah, it wasn't as fun. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it was just playing the song over and over and over again. Yeah, it was it was a bit a bit hard work actually. I, I liked the video. <laughs> I think the video is cool though. Like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, we were, we, 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 
I thought into our videos, did we? We were just sort of like, let's just have us playing live in our environments. And then... <laughs> that's no, definitely, not, definitely his... not how I would choose to have a music video now, if I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was trying to, I, I just, uh, back then I was just really obsessed with sort of capturing this sort of, this um, uh, sort of kinetic energy based mm. sort of image that that I thought would sort of really suit us you know I I basically I'd, I'd heard relationship of command and lost my shit and was like right guys we gotta jump around a load when we play live <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's weird though because like that was something that just seemed to match you know like the Mimi and Lewis were always I guess considered like a really crazy live band and like we were <laughs> we used to fucking go nuts when we played live and we were playing crazy technical stuff I think most of the time pretty tight as well so it was kind of like you know I guess those elements like that's quite uh, that's quite special isn't it like do you know what I mean like and it's know. not it's, sorry go on. I don't know how tight we were, but we would definitely jump around a lot. Well, it doesn't matter because we always got the stabs right. It's like you can yeah, play as sloppy it. as like, as you right. want, but as you I land on the stabs, it. everyone thinks you're fucking super tight. But when you watch back live videos of us playing, like we're not playing particularly sloppily most of the time. We're like playing the songs, you know, like maybe most we're of the playing time. the drums right, which is the most it's the main thing, right? <laughs> But yeah, I think like it was kind of hard to capture though, like the sheer, like I don't know, there was like fucking serious like passion, you know. I think when we played live, like we really felt it. I mean, I know I did, and like I feel like I would feed off of you guys like so much when we played live, and it was like a real, you know, it was a proper live band, despite the fact it was like it was a tech band. We were like a fucking punk band, so like, and I think it was kind of hard to probably capture that. Like on a on a video, yeah. I kind of feel like the one you made for druggists, sort of like Paul, like that captured it pretty well. I thought, even though it's just a kind of like montage, like yeah, that was yeah. Cool. Oh, what from the tour? That was all the tour footage and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super cool. I think that was like a cool video. Yeah, that's my I that's my favorite that. song as well that we did. <laughs> I wish I knew back then. Um, how to use sort of cameras properly and stuff and had documented it all better and and taken more stuff when i when i see what bands do now and they're like the, their campaigns that they do i just think oh man like we, we really missed a trick like if i'd known all that shit back then i would have i would have done things so much so much different and i'd have yeah, so but it was di- different well back then you know it's way harder to like film everything like people have like super high definition cameras on their phones now you know like, you can film most stuff with a fucking mobile phone yeah you know? we, but... we had actual cameras yeah <laughs> we had actual cameras like video cameras you know <laughs> as big as a walkman <laughs> oh, dear. so do you guys feel like if if Facebook and Instagram and et cetera had existed. I mean, it didn't, I mean, I'm saying it didn't, I'm pretty sure. When was Facebook well, MySpace, was... MySpace did, like MySpace was a thing. Yeah. Um, and that was like, that definitely did change the way like bands networked and stuff, like a hundred percent. Yeah, we, we actually, we, we, were, we were bang on this little golden period of where, where sort of the transition from having to phone up get the phone number and phone up promoters and ask if you can have a gig 
turf finding promoters on MySpace and messaging them through MySpace and asking them for gigs. Like that, our, our, the, the life of our band sort of spans that period in time. So it's kind of, so when we first started, I was having to like nip out of the office halfway for a work day to try and phone a promoter and get them when they're around <laughs> to try and get us shows. And by, by the end of it, we were just, you know, I was just messaging folks from MySpace. It was tons easier. I think also like it was before like everyone on MySpace was going like mad and like adding people just relentlessly. I think yeah, yeah. when we were doing that, it wasn't so horrible for people because not that many other people were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely went a bit mental at the beginning, sort of just to sort of kick us off, get us going. But it fucking worked, man. So, you know, <laughs> I emailed Dan from Jerus and was like, hey, dude, give us a gig, here's, here's a song. And he was like, yeah. So he, he put us on in Folkestone, and that's what started everything. So. You know, I would never have found out about me, Mr. Lewis, if it wasn't probably for that kind of, um, you know, like you putting yourself out there on MySpace. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I got to join the band um but also That's, i think like also i remember sam mandel saying like that he discovered like basically blackfish came out of the result of like from sam having a quite serious injury and being stuck in his room for a yeah, long time real. and then he, he felt like, like he jumped out of like a third story window or something right and like fucked his legs up really bad and was in hospital <laughs> for ages that's what happened like sam mandel was in hospital for a long time i think yeah, yeah. um and like that's, he said he listened to maybe some Lewis loads when he was in hospital. <laughs> so, Ollie, you mentioned uh, one of your favourite songs, but I didn't quite catch the title. What, what was it that you said? Oh, um, The Kid Who Had His Ears Slapped by the Druggist. It was my, my, my number one. So, should we, uh, let's play that. That's off yes. the EP, by the way. <laughs> Off the EP again. That's fine. We'll get on to uh, we'll get on to um, variations in a moment. Songs, but let's play that. Let's play the kid who had it ear, his ear slapped by the druggist. Okay, so I've, I've actually got a um, question from a fan here, um, oh, wow. which I'm going to ask you. This question comes from a chap that you will know called Ash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hi, um, Ash. And he says, uh, what was in the plan for post-variations on Swing? Did you feel like you were on the cusp of bigger things because the audience definitely did? That's hard to say for me personally uh, because, you know, Toby left very soon after the album, um, which actually at the time was like a huge shock to me. I mean, I totally understood but I just had no idea that he was going to leave. Uh, like, I mean, yeah. Um, and I think, like, to be honest, like, after that, I was a bit like, can we really, like, carry this on and do anything else with it? Because obviously we talked about getting another singer, you know, rah, rah, but it was a bit like, I don't know. I mean, even think, like, I can't really imagine someone else, like, stepping in and doing what Toby did. Like, I don't know. Like, it would have to be someone either so similar or just so completely different, but also, like, with a style that worked over the with the music we were writing. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, very... Like, we were lucky to have that... Some of, like, the sum of its parts. Do you know what I mean? We were lucky to have these five people 
making it like it was. Like, I think it was quite like, out of everyone, the voice, you know, that's so hard to replace as well. So, yeah, I think after that, I was a bit like, oh, shit, we, are we really going to be able to do this? And we tried. Like, we tried to carry on instrumentally for a bit. But, yeah, it was difficult. Toby wrote musical parts as well, so it was more like... Yeah. He there was, was his character a, in the music as well as just, like, the, you know, the, the vocals. He was at every practice, do you know what I mean? He was at every practice, like, he didn't, yeah, he wasn't one of, like, a singer that just didn't come to practice all the time because he, like, didn't need to be there. He was at every practice, like, he, yeah, he was, like, an integral part of it, and I think it would have been difficult to replace. And what, for, for people listening um, that don't know, it, it, if you're happy to talk about it, what actually happened for him to, to decide to leave the band? I think... I don't want to like put my words in his mouth, you know, sure, like, sure. it's really hard to say. Like I actually talked about this on a podcast with someone else recently. And then I felt really bad afterwards because I'd said something about Toby leaving Mutants and Lewis. And then was like, Oh, actually it's not my place to say why yep. he left. Like, and I, yeah, like, so I don't really think that I should comment on it. Okay. I'll re- I'll, that's really uh, absolutely fair enough. Um, but I'll rephrase the question. So how did you guys feel as a band when he decided to leave? Gutted. Yeah. yeah. It was, well, yeah. I, mean, I think that point as well, like, you know, we like, you know, Paul's already sort of described sort of how much we were putting into it. Mm. And, you know, the touring, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't stopping and we had more planned. Um, and, you know, we didn't even, this was at a point where we didn't even really have time to write because we were playing so many shows. Uh, and I think it was quite sort of, you know, it was pretty intense and I think none of us were really very good at sort of saying how we felt like about stuff and dealing with sort of like, you know, that sort of stress of, of doing that because, you know, you'd sort yeah. of take it out on stage, but then that felt that was like an, a release, but then, you know, we didn't really address it with each other, I don't think. So yeah. I think at that point, like, you know, I, I'm, it, yeah, it was just kind of like, it was kind of sort of feeling quite sort of, sort of weird anyway because I think we could kind of tell that Toby wasn't like as happy as he was before and maybe not feeling it quite as much and I think that was kind of bubbling for a little while so yeah it was just kind of like it was, yeah it was pretty it was still a shock though like it was still kind of like it had been such a huge part of like the band was such a huge part of our lives I, I imagine like just trying to imagine, like, not doing it was, was really alien at the time. So, yeah, it was pretty to be, like I feel like it must have been so difficult for him to, like, leave the band because he must have known how hard like would take it as well, you know? Like, it would have been... I guess it's like being in a, you know, romantic relationship with someone for several years... And then obviously having to break it off, knowing that you're going to like break their heart, but you kind of have to do it because you know that it's the right thing for you to do. But, you know, that's like, it's huge, isn't it? Like it's, it's breaking off something that you've like spent every other day of your life committing like, like so much time and energy to for years. Like, I don't know. It's crazy, right? It's like such a huge thing. Like anyone that's played in a kind of serious band, like touring bands before, like I kind of understands, I guess it's like big deal, isn't it? Mm. um yeah massive deal and i think i don't and this is i don't know this is going to sound like maybe like quite a dad comment but when i've been listening to 
get people talk about looking back at their time periods because a lot of obviously at this time period it felt like a lot of bands did one album and broke up that seemed to be a familiar story with a lot of bands from that time period and i think and like i look at like some of the some of the some of the i would say like young people at work i.e people of 15 years 20 years younger than me they are excellent communicators about their emotions compared to how i feel i was around that age and I don't know if that's a generational, like, I don't know, was, I don't know if that's a generational thing or whether, like, I think we're better at, like, I don't know, I certainly in my 20s would not have been able to communicate my feelings in the slightest, which is why I listen to a lot of extremely heavy music. <laughs> For real. Uh, I definitely, definitely, like, think that there's a, you know, the whole narrative about, like mental health has changed now right so people do talk yeah. about their feelings like people understand that you have to otherwise you're going to be ill and like yeah back like wow i mean how long 2005 so we were all young i guess i mean personally like i couldn't communicate about how i felt at all you know i was in the closet like so i and i was for very long time so like yeah like it's <laughs> it, i can't yeah like it was a crazy time like that around that time of Toby leaving the band and you know we were still touring and everything like we were all stuck together all the rest of the time and like yeah it was just a really intense time you know like super emotional time like it was heavy I guess like heavy yeah. stuff some weird shit happened on that tour as well that Toby's oh my gosh knew, yeah like, of course I forget about yeah, that some uh, yeah we, we went uh yeah, Paul, do you remember when you got like, because we borrowed um, Cats and Cats and Cats and another band that we played with a few times. Uh, we borrowed their their bus. It was basically a school bus. And um, yeah, just like, I mean, we played in Glasgow and we went to a Halloween party afterwards and it got pretty, got pretty wild. And uh <laughs> <laughs> Thing, yeah we just had a very weird we had a very weird heavy night didn't we like very boozy and drugsy yeah and then like the next day it was quite full i got really sick yeah fuck. And, we, and then we got stranded in manchester basically because yeah i remember like paul was trying to drive paul was trying to drive and he was so but like paul do you remember this yeah well i remember i remember bits of it like i, I remember pulling over in the van because I didn't feel like I could drive anymore like feeling yeah you were so ill like you were running like a mad fever sort of thing like you know like you were in a bad way I remember yeah and we got we had to split up because we didn't really know what to do so like Toby's parents were living in Manchester at the time so a few people went with him and yeah I think Paul like I literally just went to a friend yeah like I just literally had a friend in Manchester that was like yeah just come and crash at mine for like a night or whatever and I, I ended up calling a friend who was at Union Salford, but she wasn't there. But she told her housemate that what was going on. He said that we could come over. So Paul was just like in bed for 24 hours, and we were just in this stranger's house in Salford. Uh, yeah. And hadn't we already. Wait, was that. Which tour was that? That was. Um... Hellas the Heroes. Is that with Hellas yeah. the Heroes? Yeah. And like we'd already we hadn't something else already happened on that tour where we'd had to like miss a show or something. 
Oh, the other the other vehicle we borrowed. The van broke down. Our friend uh, Vanny broke down. Yeah. Vanny, Vanny's, um, Vanny was an old like camper, and, mm. and Vanny's oh, Vanny. gauge uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't really work. work. <laughs> so Vanny ran out of fuel. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't break down. We just ran out of fucking petrol. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh dear me. Um, that was actually what the bits with Vanny weren't too bad because we played that university night and that was really fun and like Dom. Our mates Dom and Holly were there. Oh, uh, yeah, um, that was cool when Dom and Holly were there. And uh, I specifically remember that night I was trying to sleep on like a footstool, like, you know, like a square, like footstool <laughs> in addition to a sofa. And Lewis, like, just tried to come and share it. You just tried it, you were just like, come on, bro. I'm coming up. <laughs> I know, man. This is literally like half a square meter. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. That bit was fun. <laughs> I was probably really uncomfortable on the floor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird time. Um, like that, yeah, that was such a weird. Because Toby had told us that he was leaving, right? But then that was the last tour that he did. So he told us at some point during that tour that he was leaving, and then it was just like, and then all that horrible stuff happened as well. Yeah, and then we did the tour with Blackfish and the van got broken into and we got all our shit stolen. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. And that was the, that was the last straw, wasn't it? That was like... I was to me. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd sort of just got, got to a point where I was um, just exhausted, burnt out, and, um, like, just having all our shit stolen, like, having... like. My hold all with every item of clothing I owned in it. Um, my laptop, um, yeah. Ben, Ben's guitar, an amp head, just, you know, just playing this show. Like after putting in all the effort we did and doing all the shows we did and working on the album real hard and then doing that tour and then on that show playing to not that many people and then getting all our shit stolen. I was just like, for me personally at that time, I was like, you know what, like, I'm at an age now where I, I think I need to start thinking about doing something else, maybe. So that for, that for me sort of was was a bit of a straw that broke the panel's back moment. Do you know what? I think we probably made a mistake in um, doing the like tours without Toby at the end. What we should have done is just been like, okay, let's not like do any like, I, don't, I don't know if those tours were maybe already booked and we were like okay we don't want to cancel we'll just do it we probably should have done and we should have regrouped and decided what we wanted to do you know it may have been that we actually just decided to stop being a band we probably would have like maybe had a, la a proper last show back then you know like who knows but do you know what I mean? We probably, we, we may have regrouped and kind of figured our shit out and, and carried on in some way who knows but we, we didn't we like pushed it we pushed it and it snapped you know I think that's kind of we what We did happened. have a good last one with Toby. And I think, yeah. yeah the last show been... with Toby was amazing. I loved that show so much. The photos from that show that resurfaced recently are beautiful. Like, they made me cry, like, looking at those photos, because that was such a beautiful night. Like, it was such a good show. Like, it was just... The like, Enterprise. So, yeah, the Enterprise. Like, it was super, like, just... I'd, I'd made that... I'd written by Toby on my T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 
but yeah, it was like, that was a really cool show. You know, I don't know if you ever went to the Enterprise in Camden. It's just literally a pub with an upstairs room. Um, Is that by the, yeah, by the bridge? It's right up in um, Chalk Farm. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't even know if it's there anymore. Maybe the pub is, but yeah. I think it'd be opposite the roundhouse now. It's that, yeah, it's that kind of area. Like right oh, up okay. Um, but yeah, they, it was just like, yeah, it's an upstairs room of a pub and it was just like well oversold. There were just so many people crammed into that room, literally like crawling over each other. They kept coming upstairs and being like, you have to like calm down because the ceiling is going to cave in. Because <laughs> <laughs> like everyone was just going off. I mean, I've been at hardcore shows in that room, like where people have been like moshing like crazy and they come up and they're like, You've got to like stop like the, the, you know, the ceiling shaking. It's like, why do you keep booking these shows here? <laughs> like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> yeah, but um, that was definitely the coolest. Like, I wish that had been the last show. <laughs> wasn't somebody? Wasn't there a sort of semi-famous music person there? At that show? Yeah. Was there? Uh, there was a people from like. I think there was a dude from Test Icicles or something like. And it was oh, did that Dev a, come? That would have been cool. There was a guy from a band at the time, you know, the new rave scene that came out. Like, I mean, I loved the uh, kind of like new rave scene. We, we, uh, we went to, the, it was the guy from Hadouken. We went to his house party when we played Leeds that one time. No, yeah. we didn't. Yes, we did. We really? got proper munted. Yeah. <laughs> is that when I bought 20 pills? <laughs> I don't, I don't. Probably is. Sorry, do you feel bad that I said that? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, there was one ridiculous house party that we went to in Leeds where I was just like, yeah, where I bought like literally 20 pills. I mean, we didn't take them all that night, but. <laughs> but that was probably that night. <laughs> I think so. And we, we had a show at the Good Ship, not the Good Ship, the, the one, the boat, that boat pub in Leeds. Yeah, because yeah. that day we were like all just absolutely ruined, I remember. And we had to play that show. Like I remember, Ollie, you were sat in your car, like literally outside of the venue until literally we had to walk on stage. <laughs> is this all these things sitting in the car? Because <laughs> <laughs> <I found, laughs> we got a Domino's and uh, yeah, I think I was having like a weird uh, reaction to it. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it, 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 is it some fig group? <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time that we met um, maybe not the first time that we met but it was the first time that Lee saw us play as in Lee Vincent yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I remember him I being like Paul already knew him though I think yeah I think maybe Paul already kind of knew him but I remember Lee being like ah oh, like I heard you guys on record and like I wasn't that into it but like after seeing you play and we were like so ragged that day <laughs> it was just like yeah I love you guys now <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> we all feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember that show being pretty cool. Like there were like loads of tables like around like kind of around where we were playing and I kept jumping up on the tables. <laughs> Always fun playing on boats though, man. Yeah, that is true. Um cool, thank you. I guess what we'd like to do ideally is work our way back round to the reunion. Um, do you do, what, do you guys want to talk a little bit about how that came about or what, or what 
or yeah, or what was kind of going on in those kind of in between years? That was our friend Ross Allmark, who was also in Guilford. He put us on a lot of the boiler room in the early days, and uh, and then he went moved up to London and he started working for Vice, and um, and also he had he did Pink Mists. Uh, which was like promotions but I think it was like a show I think it was going to be like so yeah he I think there was an idea before where um like it was going to be like two days a two-day thing and like I think Andrew WK was going to be playing as well or something like that I think um, that there was like that was quite a that was like a bit earlier right like maybe yeah yeah that was quite like a few a years couple of, a couple of years or a few years before right that we kind of floated that idea yeah, and that didn't... Because I think um, Benny wasn't going to do it, right? And we were just like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it just... it The idea kind of wasn't really forming the way they wanted it to, and it, it sort of sounded less and less kind of appealing. And yeah, and Ben wasn't up for it at the time. Mm. Um, and then... Yeah, I can't remember what order it was in, but Kev wanted to put out, like, a re-issue. Um, like, sort yeah. of... That, that kind of 